Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. All right, welcome to another episode of the B&E Podcast. <laughs> Somebody's like, what did I just tune into? <laughs> what did you just tune Hosted into? Hosted by Tony. <laughs> it's Tony. We got Tony here. <laughs> so we do have a guest. His name ain't Tony, though. No. Nope. His name is Maddie. Maddie Cairns. You can call him Matt Cairns. Hello. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Throw on any accent and I, uh, hey, Mike, uh, you, confuse the shit out of everybody. I'm not, I'm not British. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, um, he is a musician. He's a rock star. He loves to play the 90s tunes. He also is venturing into a little bit of the country music as he moves forward in his career as a musician. He is um, also, uh, an, might as well be an action star because he's so built all his muscles. If you see a picture of him, you'll understand what I mean. Um, and he's a fun guy and a cool guy, and I'm really excited to have him on the show. And uh, the way we met, actually, we were working out at the gym, me and my buddy Jeff, and he introduced me to you, and he's like, yeah, come out to our show. He's like, all right, so come out to his show. And I'm just like thinking, oh, yeah, you know, local musician or whatever. And I was like, holy shit, this guy's pretty good. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, buddy. So, yeah, man. Nice to meet you, brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you got to do that. And actually, that night, we went, we went, we still hung out afterwards, and you played music, like, all night. We stayed up listening to you, like, after the no, concert. we went to Jeff's, yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, a good yeah. night. That was a good night. So, um, glad to have you, man. And, yeah, uh, thanks, brother. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So, we'll talk a little bit about your story. We'll talk a little bit about music. Evan will probably lead most of the questions because I don't know what the hell is going on with that stuff. <laughs> or maybe not. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, let's see where it goes, know. boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into music? How did it all come about? Um, well, I... Uh I've been playing music from a very young age. Uh, I'm originally from Winnipeg. Uh, my mom put me in piano when I was about three years old. Yeah. And uh, I started, I played until I was about 12, uh, did like conservatory stuff. So I got to about grade six, conservatory piano. And, and then uh, at 12 years old, I mean, I just started listening to the radio and rock and Bush was coming out and, and, uh, and rock and roll was kind of smashing me in the face. And I just, I wanted to play these songs, but I couldn't play them on piano, so... I could, I just didn't want it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Mom, get me a guitar, please. It's like, how do you get high-gain tones <laughs> yeah. out of a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listerine doesn't sound the same on a piano. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so, uh, you know, I went and well, got me a guitar, and thanks to the piano, I mean, my first lesson, I went in and I just wanted to play Glycerine. I could, if I didn't play anything yeah. else, like Gavin was coming out, I thought that's what I want to do. And, uh, and my guitar player showed, my guitar teacher showed me a power chord. And I kind of just, I just put, <laughs> that was it. I, put, I put my fingers down and I was like, oh, that's pretty easy. And then he just showed me strumming and four, you know, counting fours and blah, blah, blah. And by the end of the lesson, I was playing and singing the only song I wanted to learn. And I just thought, well, shit, I guess we should try another song, you know? Yeah, right and that was it. So after that, I was just, music was, I thought that's, that's just what I want to do. So amazing. I'm going to be Gavin, man. And then, uh, and then it was collective soul and then, you know, the goo. And then I, the nineties was filled with great music. So. Um, yeah. yeah, and then I just started learning everybody. I'd learn every Bush album inside out. I'd learn every Collective Soul record, all the leads, all the rhythms, vocals, harmonies, 
you know, I just I'd pick and I just I'd go. I went off and just started learning music. Talkie kind of took a back seat, and friends and school, and <laughs> it just was like, yeah, it was all about music. So that's and awesome. Then, Collective Soul you know, was so killer. Man. Yeah, man, their songs are amazing. Uh, yeah, like it's like that's that, they're like one of those like turn it up. Like you hear it like come on the radio. People are still listening to the radio these days. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, There's whoa, still a yeah. few, I'm sure, but yeah. <laughs> the radio, what is this thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. They're, they're, they were amazing, man. Like, just all their melodies. And for me, it's all about melody. Like, a song just it has to have a good melody to it somewhere in the song. You yeah. know what I mean? There has to be a melody that hooks me. If there's not, then it's going to fall by the wayside. But they're, for me, I'd turn every one of their songs was just... The, from the guitars and the musicianship to the vocals to the lyric to, to the content of the lyrics and stuff, there was something rang with me with them, and they were a great band. Yeah, my whole life, I've always yeah. loved them. Yeah, cool. So yeah, man. And then so you have a new favorite song other than Glycerine? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I got lots. Um, I was telling I was telling Evan though earlier that it's funny though because that's kind of where I started. But once I got into high school. My buddy Curtis opened uh, a CD shop right across the street. Like my first day of grade ten, oh. I showed up at high school, and uh, <laughs> uh, my first day of grade ten, I show up at high school, and there's like uh, my buddy's like, "Did you see the used CD shop like across the street?" And I'm like, "No." So we signed in and got our pictures and all that shit, and then I was like, "Boom!" Over to the CD shop, and I met this guy Curtis, and he's got used guitars hanging on the wall and amps yeah. and everything. And I thought, "Oh shit, this is, <laughs> <laughs> this is not good." Yeah, I mean it's good, but it's not good for. Yeah, I'm going to have a lot of messages at home. You're so. also every band member. I mean, you do the looping, and you're telling us about how you like you go up on stage alone and fucking rock it out. Yeah, well, I can. Yeah, I can definitely hold my own on stage. But I mean, I've I've played in bands and. Yeah. And done all that too, but um, it was going back to the CD shop. I got to go back there and got into all the 80s music too. Like my buddy mm. Curtis was, he was, uh, you know, he was 10 years older and he ended up being the first bass player in one of my, in one of my first, ba- and the bass player in one of my first bands. But I got a really good uh, array of music when I really started getting into it because I, I had a, a very broad range that I was just introduced to. So it was really good. And then, yeah, over the years, I mean, I mostly played in bands from the 16, I started my first band. And played in bands till I was like, you know, twenty, and then did some solo stuff, and then uh, and then a band came and picked me up, and they were signed to Universal out here, and uh, and we had a couple top ten singles and stuff that they had, their guitar player quit, and they had been like, hey man, you want a position? And so I was like, yeah, let me play, and and you know, we ended up touring Canada and had four top ten singles and toured with Headley and wow. Finger Eleven and played these big festival shows with thousands of people, and I made some really good connections in Vancouver, which is why I moved. And then, uh, and then once I got out here, I'd already been kind of doing the solo stuff for quite a while. So then I kind of just had a couple shows where I hired guys to play. I'd hire a drummer and a bass player and yeah. met, met some really good musicians through some friends I'd made on the road uh, once I moved here. And, uh, you know, had some guys help me out and stuff. But ultimately, I was like, no, I like playing on my own and finding guys that were available to rehearse and jam that, you know what I mean? And just organizing everything. It just, it felt good doing it on my own. Now I got this loop pedal, so I'm able to go out and I've kind of stepped the show up even another level yet. So yeah, I'm excited. It's, it's going well. That's great. So yeah. what's it like, I mean, going on those big tours and stuff? like? Oh, it was a riot, man. I was 23 and, and uh, just kind of, uh, uh, the band had kind of, um, they'd invested a lot in it too. So I mean, even the first, you know, this dream that I had of, you know, a lot of bands have to tour in a van and a trailer and, you know, work their way up. And made, they had, like, a big motorhome and everything. So I'm sitting there waiting to get picked up, and this giant 40-foot motorhome picks us up. 
we hop in the motorhome and go on a tour across Canada, you know what I mean? And yeah. yeah. We pull up, and Headley kind of pulls up in a van, too, in a trailer, and they're like, whoa, you know? And it's, it's kind of a neat experience, so we really yeah. did it. Like, it was, it was a neat experience and stuff. And, That's uh, amazing. And then, then made some just really good friends and really good connections out of the whole experience and, and uh, ended up bringing me to Vancouver, so. Yeah. Yeah, but those so shows were great, man. Yeah, we were playing for 10,000 people, and like I said, it was just the dream kind of just kind of, you know, came What's the came energy like, like being on stage when you're playing in front of all those people? Oh, no, there's nothing like it, yeah. There's, I've, I've had a lot of, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've had some fun, but I mean, the funnest, yeah. the funnest stuff is the, just, yeah, being on stage, that energy. Yeah. You know, 10,000 people screaming at you or singing your song or... You know, so just yeah, freaking out and then singing your lyrics, and they weren't really my lyrics. The songs were all written and stuff. I was playing guitar, but you know, yeah. just having that experience of like, whoa, man, it's you know, there's a rush, man. There's nothing like it. Yeah, absolutely. And then you're just wired for, you know, hours after, and you're meeting everybody and signing autographs, and you know, it's, you have to ride. It's a good time. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, not many people get to experience something like that. So it was very, it was very cool. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was very fun to do, and then, uh, you know, I just. We weren't ultimately, you know, the the dynamics. I don't think were right, and I just it felt like it was I needed to do my own thing. So yeah, split ways, and you know, kind of moved out here, and then just kept going. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess you know sometimes we all got to do that as artists. You know, sometimes we got to step away from the the teat or whatever it is <laughs> <laughs> and do our own thing. Yeah, strike out on your own. I mean, there's I think there's that sort of that artist call. I mean, when you're in something like that, it's like there the, a desire to. Um, express something that's you know maybe more yourself i mean even even bands that you know continually they come back together but then you know they'll kind of split off and do their own thing because it's maybe a, it's it's a necessary thing to do yeah oh yeah for sure everybody has their own ideas right and the, the, the that band though i think a lot of the stuff was already was written like i literally just learned the parts and you know it was all somebody else's stuff and yeah it was great and then the personalities like it was just it was and and now they're doing something totally different too. So it's you know they're not even on the same path that they were going on. They chose a different path as well after I left. Yeah. So um, it was for the better for sure. You yeah, know? yeah. But yeah, it got all got me out here to Vancouver. I just I love it out here. You know, yeah. Evan's favorite movie is Almost Famous. We were just talking about. Well, that that's movie. such a great movie, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie to death. Yeah, I've watched it a million times. That's one of the that one and Blow. I can watch Blow. <laughs> Johnny Depp, and it is such a good movie front to back. Every yeah. time I see it, I've seen it thirty times. And it's like every time, this is so good. Yeah. I think I've I've only seen that movie once, and it was when I was a teenager. So I remember almost nothing about oh, it. From Blow? Blow, yeah. Oh, it's oh, a great really? movie, man. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I might I love Johnny Depp. The ending is really, it, man. It's really. Cool. Uh, I don't remember yeah. the ending, but it's really. Like, but almost famous. I can I can talk about that any. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Stillwater. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I was just uh, I was I brought it up because of the band dynamics. I was wondering, like you know, being someone who's been on tour and stuff, like you know, do you do you experience things like that? You find that was like. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. pretty close with people, right? Yeah. Like you're in the same bus and some wild parties, hotel rooms. Yeah, we had <laughs> yeah we had some really we had some good times. But, <laughs> but the thing yeah the thing with the the band I was in too is um is they they were. No, I don't think they really didn't really do that stuff too much. You know what I mean? Right. Was, they were uh, they were kind of they were Mennonite guys from Steinbach. Oh, okay. So yeah, they didn't. Uh, so me and my guitar player would kind of go off and kind of have yeah. them do our thing. And you know, I had to experience life on the road and stuff. They were more like, let's just chill at the hotel and you know. So I'd be like, okay, guys, see you. Yeah. You know, I'll see you in a bit. And 
yeah. kind of go do my own thing. So yeah, it was fun. It was right. a good time. Yeah, I got to see the got to see the world and both the world, Canada. <laughs> and uh, dude on the bus is cool too. Driving through the mountains and seeing everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Front to back, it's really cool way Amazing. to see the province, to see the country and provinces. Yeah. Cool man. Yeah man. So you're working on uh, you're working on country stuff now. Kind well, of, I've just been. I've just it's it's such a big market. So yeah, I've been. I write all t- I write all types of stuff. I write yeah. heavy rock. I write acoustic rock, singer songwriter, folky more rock um lots of open tuning stuff and then as of late yeah i've been uh last few years i started co-writing with some people and um and yeah i've been writing country stuff there's a big market for that right now it's just huge so um yeah kind of kind of working on it's it's more pop music now you know what i mean the the country vein it kind of incorporates a lot of different styles of music so it's really kind of it's fun to write what's Um, that uh what's it like co-writing a song with someone else i mean i'm sure that has its fair share of challenges oh you just have to i think you just have to be cool man like i'm a super easygoing guy and for most of the rights i've been in it is it's just fun and easy going you got to do what's best for the song uh so, you know it is it's a uh, it can it can click or sometimes it just doesn't like sometimes you go in and you just nothing fires you know what i mean uh, i've got lots of ideas so usually when i go into a co-write i'm i've at least got something that i can be help with this you know um where uh, you know, I mean, sometimes you got to think of something on the spotlight together. You know what I mean? Like I've got a bit of an idea or a hook or something happening. You know, um, but uh, yeah, I've done some. I love co-writing, and uh, it was only a. Uh, I mean, I've done little co-writes and stuff with bands, but actually, like co-writing and writing for the song that only kind of happened a couple of years ago. I met a friend of mine, um, Barbara Sedun, who had come out here from Toronto, and she was just just kind of had these songwriting groups that would get together and I met a good buddy Jimmy and we wrote a, a really good tune together he's in Nashville now doing his thing co-writing like crazy wow. so co-writing co-writing is really good and it's a good way to uh, uh, it's, it's nice just being able to bounce your ideas off somebody and have it you know what I mean not just relying on your own melodies and your own you know but, but you have to be you have to be workable you have to be malleable you have to be willing to kind of just leave your ego at the door and you know kind of go in there and do what's best for the song and it's fun though mm-hmm. you know? yeah it's a cool way to connect with somebody. And How's the Vancouver scene for like doing music and finding bands and all that stuff? Oh, there's, there's lots going on. Like uh, the last kind of year or so, year and a half, I kind of took a step back and I, yeah. I, uh, I went on a trip. I just worked my butt off, saved some money and went on a trip. Uh, got in real, got in shape. Like spent a lot of time at the gym, eating, sleeping right. I just, and, and so the scene from the beginning was good. There's lots of bands. There's lots of, there, there's, um, the, the live venues I think have kind of died down. You know, there's a couple, a lot of the venues have kind of gone by the wayside. Um, but, I'm, I mean, I'm really focused on my own thing. There's, uh, so, uh, but, but, um, yeah, it's good, man. I've, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed being out here just for the last six years that I've been here. Yeah. Yeah, it's been fun. And uh, with the country scene, you can, you can kind of make music here and it's all good? It's, uh, yeah, there's just yeah. lots of people doing it. Like I yeah. said, I'm kind of more just writing and stuff. There's um, I've approached a few people and, and done some writing in that vein and stuff but I'm just getting some more material and stuff together before I really consider it you know what I mean so um, yeah right now it's just me and my acoustic though and the loop pedal and uh, I'm, I've got I've got a good sound is where it's at I'm really happy with it I just got to get back out there and start hammering away right yeah cool man yeah man yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so like, uh, you've been pushing pretty hard at the, at the gym too. You <laughs> blocked up. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. So like, uh, what you, have you been always working out or what's the deal? Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Fitness has always been a part of my, yeah. uh, from young age playing hockey and stuff. Um, 
uh, yeah, I just, I can't really go three months without doing anything. If I'm just sedentary, I just, it, it affects my mood. It affects, I can just feel it. I just, yeah. I, I just, I don't feel good, you know? So I, I have to be, I have to be moving and active and I just always like to lift, you know, I just running a cardio. You lift pro? Okay. To me. I, lift, <laughs> I lift a little bit. I like to lift some things up and you put them down. Lift. I lift them up and put them down. Um, yeah, no, it's just a good outlet, man. And then, uh, yeah, I just like being strong. It just feels good to be strong. Totally. Yeah, I've been through some stuff and some injuries, and so I just... You guys last longer. <laughs> <laughs> You're a live, live action hero. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. <laughs> I, was, well, I wanted to just, like, get into this, like... Um, yeah. You know, you fire. were talking about uh, about writing songs, and, and you said doing what's right for the song. Mm-hmm. Uh and I think that this is, this is an idea that we've, we've explored and like to talk about on the show. I just want to get your perspective on it because this idea that, you know, the things that we do, like for, for Brandon and myself, you know, we're more so geared towards, you know, like film and television, acting, screenwriting. Mm -hmm. And, um, but this notion and this idea that, uh, the work that we do is kind of its own thing and that you're in some ways just like, uh, like the person that this thing is being, it's being expressed through. Right. Right. And so like, it's kind of removing yourself from the equation to a degree of the work that you're creating. Yeah. Do you you understand? Like if you follow like what I'm saying, I totally do. I think, I think that I think that I think the initial, uh, the initial spark like that, um, that the idea, you know, you have to get that's raw and it's, and you get it out however you can. And then once that's there, then you know, it has to be refined. And then that's where you're like, okay, well this is the idea, but that was really rushed and really passionate and really not everything you want to say, but the gist of it. Right. And then once you have that, then it's doing everything around it just to, to build that up and to serve that and to lift that up. And that is where you got to, you know, that intense process might be an hour or an hour and a half. Like when I write a song and I get an idea, a melody, I know I need words for it. You know, I'll, I'll, I could spend an hour there just singing that chorus until something pops and I'm like, okay, I can use that. And you burn out, you're tired after an hour, an hour and a half, you know, and that's all you can do. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, well I got to just, and then you rest and then you come back to it the next day, or if it's good enough, you come back to it a couple hours later because you need it, and and you know you come back to it and you're like, okay, now, now that's when you have to, and it becomes even maybe a little more complicated when two people become involved. That's because you have to remove two people from the equation and then right. start, you know, like you've both invested this, like, oh shit, we got this white hot piece of material, and we've both, you know, you've got that idea, and you're like, okay, it's born now you know, okay, now let's just go for coffee and have a bite of lunch and we'll come back and, you know, and then, so that, I think that's just a process that has to happen because an idea isn't just 30 seconds. It isn't just that white hot instant. It has to be, if it's a song, three and a half minutes, if it's a movie, an hour and a half, ultimately those, those are formulas that, you know, there's a form A, B, A, B, C, A, B. There's your three and a half minute song formula. A movie script is going to have the same A, B, A, B characteristics that make it an hour and a half. It's just a standard, you know what I mean? So then it's putting that formula together and writing verses that that point and lift the chorus up and I've learned a lot of this in the last couple of years is doing the co-writing so it's it's um you know I spent a lot of years writing doing all the writing myself and I think the lyrics 
or more of like a means to an end. I had so many melodic ideas that a lot of the lyrics, they might have been even like, there might have been a, a center thesis and like a chorus, but maybe a lot of the surrounding words and verses and stuff weren't necessary. They were more abstract. Okay. Because I was just trying to get them out because I had another song in the brew. Right. So I wanted to get that done. And they're good, you know what I mean? But maybe in telling a story and actually serving the best of the song, I maybe wasn't doing that so much, but it was more, for me, it's all about melody and, and, and arranging, and I really love that part of it, you know what I mean? Creating that arrangement and getting all the melodies and the lyrics, there's a little more digging in and work you have to do, where I find that really like, now that I started co-writing, I like doing that part. And even the melodies and stuff, once I'm in a song with somebody, I can let go and, and just let it flow, right? Yeah. But the lyrics I find writing um, and telling a story is better if you're bouncing it off somebody and you're like, okay, no, that is a good idea. We both think it's good. Then, okay, let's put that in there rather than just going off your own. Right. You know what I mean? So that's nice to pull yourself away and be able to have that. But again, that's just a process I think that has to happen. But that initial creation is, is that, that, that just like, oh, yes, it's on the page now. It's right. You know? So do you find like, so when <clears throat> inspiration hits you, are you just like, racing to like put it down however you can or like like how or does it change like what's like what does that look like I'm, I'm yeah well for me it usually will start with uh yeah if I get a good idea or something once I have a song I literally it might take me three days and once I've completed something I'll literally spend the next three days and I probably play it if it's really good like I can, I lose track of time almost. Like I'll sit on the couch, but I'll probably play it a hundred times a day. Like literally not even lying. Like it's, and then after those three days, I never forget it because I've played it so much. So right. I just know that once I've written this thing and so a lot of the times there are lyrics written down, but once I've played it so much in that first compact, like three days, I literally play it so much that I never forget it. Yeah. And that's why to this day, every song I've ever written, even if I haven't played it in six years, I'll just be playing my guitar and, oh, hey, that idea, and I'll go and I'll sing it front to back. And I right. might have not, but it's because I've spent that initial time period after that song playing it so many times. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? So, um, you have like an intimate relationship with the song. Oh, I love creating. I love hearing a melody that I've never heard before. Like when I create something that sounds similar, but I know it's something nobody's heard. Like, you know, lyrics can be written, lyrics can be, but melodies, something that. That's something that nobody's ever heard because lyrics, everybody's heard everything, you know what I mean? But melodies can still be invented. <laughs> yeah. And melodies can still, something that sounds similar to the ear, but you're like, oh, that's mine. That's, 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 that hasn't been heard. And yeah. that excites me. And so I know I need to build on that. And that's, that's, yeah, totally. I'm more passionate about it than anything, you know what I mean? So getting a new idea, yeah, it's, it's definitely, I love the, 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 the first, you know, hour of, but it's, again, you tire out. So then you just have to pull away and then it is, it's serving the song though. So it's, it gets harder adding more people because yeah. everybody has to agree on what you think serves the song best. Right. But so, but, but I think ultimately it's more valuable when you have, especially telling a story. I think if you can bounce ideas off people and mm -hmm. everybody's like in agreement, like, yeah, this is a good story instead of like, you can't do it all yourself and give it to somebody and say, Hey, what do you think? <laughs> you know, make some revisions. Yeah. But but it's but I love co-writing. I like yeah. I like creating something with people and all being like, oh yeah, look what we did. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's it's so, cool. It gives an aspect of teamwork to songwriting, which could or could not be there. You know, yeah. it can be very very isolated too. Songwriting mm -hmm. solo, yeah. And telling a story, like you've been saying that like a few times here, like that's hmm. like for you a critical component with well, in like songwriting because I mean. From a lot of what I hear, I just this may, me being like a bit of a hate on for a lot of top forty that I've heard recently. I'm just like, yeah, there's not a lot like of storytelling. There's not a lot of storytelling anymore. You know what? Honestly, okay, that's you know what? That's a wicked point. That's a great point because 
a part of getting into songwriting uh, as of late. I'm sorry. Um, uh, uh, a lot of the stuff now, I don't. I think there's there, there's I do like telling a story, and I think if you can tell it really well, it's going to make your song even more of a hit, right? But a lot of the stuff, a lot of the stuff up there, especially the pop top forty stuff. There are still songs out there. There are still songs out there. Yeah. The mainstream stuff that's pumped in your face is really diluted and dumbed down, and, and there's not a lot there. There's not a lot of substance. Um, uh, but there is if you look for it, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Uh, so, but I've, I've kind of... I was always kind of of the... A lot of bands I like, like a band like Bush, I always liked them for their melodies and their energy and their... What they brought to that. I never wasn't really, I never my most of my life I didn't really listen to lyrics weren't they weren't the most important thing that stuck out it was a melody and, a, and an energy that I got yeah. from the music that made me feel it you know what I mean and then I'd learn the words hmm. you know um, but as as you know I've just it, I did I have realized that if you have a good story melded through and the music I write just is open to storytelling it's more singer songwriter style it's yeah. not really pop it's not you know a drum machine in the same bass beat for you know there's yeah. verses and choruses and so the stuff I write lends itself to storytelling and I do like having substance in a story you know what I mean yeah. so that's personal but a lot of the stuff out there now no I easily said there's not a lot of pop pop top 40 yeah. stuff that's very but, has a very inter- intricate storytelling but having all of those elements like can lend itself to like listening to over and over again mm-hmm. like my um, like my favorite band of all time when I still come come down to it um it's funny, I saw George Strombolopoulos do, like, some recordings, like, of some episodes years ago. Yeah. And we were just asking him some questions, and someone said, like, oh, like, what are you, like, what are you listening to right now, George, right? And he said, oh, you know, and he, like, threw out a few things. He's like, but truthfully, he's like, I'll, I'll go off on something else, like, on some new band for, like, a month, a month and a half. And like, these guys are great. And then I'll throw Zeppelin on again. I'll be like, but nobody's better than Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, I'm like, I'm like, like, yeah, Zeppelin is still, like, kind of my home base yeah. for everything, like, music-related. And I still listen to songs and realize that I've, there's, like, whole lyrics that I've never really paid attention to yeah. in the song. I never really heard the words to them before. I'm always just like, it's the melody. It's those yeah. riffs. It's those, yeah. those things that gra- that were my initial pull into whatever it was, the energy, the emotion of it. And then you can, I almost sometimes end up coming back around to them mm-hmm. and discovering the lyrics later. Right. Yeah. And, you, and I think if you find that the lyrics are really good, then you're like, whoa. And if they're not really good, then you're like, okay, yeah, that's cool. The song yeah. is really good. You know what I mean? But the same thing, like lyrics, I don't think people on the first run of a song too, like if you hear a song live and you love that song, you're not, you can't really tell what the guy's saying because it's so much going on. You're listening, but the song grabs you. It's the drums, it's the beat, it's the rhythm, it's that universal language. And music, that too. It's called the universal language, right? Like there's no, lyrics have nothing to do with it. It's beats, rhythms, melodies, chants. That's what connects people. You know what mm. I mean? Lyrics, there's sing the same song in Taiwanese or English or French. Lyrics have to be learned. You know what I mean? Music is just a feeling. That's mm. it. I mean, that's why they call it the universal language. And I've always felt that is that the beat and the melody, anybody can listen to that and get it. You know what I mean? Whether you're singing in English or that you watch a Guns N' Roses concert from 1992 or whatever in Tokyo, and there's 80,000 Japanese kids all singing 
Welcome to the Jungle, do you think any of them know what they're singing? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> they're just copying what they hear, but it's yeah. the song, it's the energy, yeah. it's that's what they that's what they're in love with. And right. the band and the image and the you know what I mean? So for me, it's all about that. Like, I've always thought there's more to it than just the song, especially if you have a good image, a good look, a good, you know what I mean, product. People will, you know what I mean, the lyrics are important, but there's a lot of stuff, too, that build a band up that doesn't necessarily come down to just the lyrics. But I believe if you have good lyrics and substance and content that that's, you know, it, it, it's, it could be just a personal thing. Some people need that in their music, some people don't, and that's fine. You know yeah. what I mean? But for me, writing and stuff, I, I do like sitting in. But there's something to be said for just having a simple, you know, a simple chorus to sing. And a lot of stuff times, too, what I've been doing in some songs is even live, I've just been singing the same verse twice. Because if people hear it once, then at least the second time around, they're like, it sounds familiar and they can just sing it again. On the record, it might be we'll have two different verses, but right. I try to simplify it too live. Maybe if I'm, you know, I'll just sing the same verse twice, or if I forget, I have no problem singing the same verse twice, knowing that, oh, well, people will just hear it again and they get the two choruses. And the, you know what I mean? So there's right. something said to be for keeping it simple, and I think that's what pop music has really done, is tried to just simplify everything, but I think. They've just done it too much a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, step it back a bit, bring it back to simplification. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was, before we started recording, you had uh, you had talked about like how within your own working and working with a looper mm-hmm. right now in terms of and how that's been helping your songwriting mm-hmm. and helping it in terms of like uh, I believe you said like uh, trimming, trimming the, fat. the fat. Yeah. 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 Yes, or sucking the fat out of you know your, <laughs> yeah mu- the musical liposuction yeah. yeah yeah musical liposuction um, uh, yeah totally I, I think that that having this this pedal uh, I, I think and I just kind of writing writing wise for for the live show that I don't have a band and now that I've got this kind of loop pedal working on the fly. Um, you know, songs. There is there is something to be said for having a simplistic song. So so yeah, the last little bit I've been spending time writing, just picking four or five chords and making sure that that's all there is, four chords, and just have those looping, and then writing different parts. With but now that I have the loop pedal, right, I can use my fingers, and I like I was talking about expressing my melodies through my fingers, and not necessarily needing to think of words and vocals to it. You know what I mean? Like the the melodies now I can build and just run the rhythm and then build the melodies and then all the different parts with, and express that through my fingers. Um, and then that can translate into the words. Into the words later. So, right. so you know what I mean? It's it's something that were before I was writing just with my rhythm guitar playing and singing, but on, always conscious of what was coming out of my mouth and if somebody was around. If, you know what I mean? If I wasn't by yeah. myself. Or even if I was just like trying to find words, thinking of words and melodies and what would sound good together, but... Ultimately, all I really want is the melody at first, right? What am I? Yeah. What melody am I singing? And then what am I going to sing to it? Right. So yeah, so it's kind of having the four chords. I was just going to make it way more simple to. Um, so it's been a kind of a cool challenge that I've kind of put to myself is just kind of simplifying my songs, taking them down, and 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 coming up with the content later. You know what I mean? Coming up with a thesis or like a main point and having a chorus is always important. Yeah. The most important part. But you know, yeah, maybe coming up with some of the lyrical content and the story afterwards, where I can still build the song now, though with with just the four chords and and and, and melody, is yeah, it's it's been cool. And yeah. and a lot of pop music now, that's trimming the fat. That's you know, that's ultimately what they want to do. If it, they you know they use as little words as they have to as possible, as little words as possible to say what you need to say to get across. Right. You know what I mean? Because people do have a short attention spans. They want. You know, they want three minutes. Okay, next one. You know I mean? yeah. That's the way I've always been. Yeah. I don't like eight minute. I don't like eight minute fucking ten minute. Op- you know, opuses and stuff. I get bored. <laughs> I'm like, hey, 
shut it off. You know what I mean? I like three minute, like boom. Okay, next one. That's just the way I've always been. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So uh, there's yeah, there's definitely something to be said for it. But um, yeah, it's uh, simpl- simplicity is good. I mean, it is. But but when you dumb down the lyrical content, it's, I think it's good. I think it's important to have good lyrics. Yeah, yeah. I think sure. that goes for a lot of things. I think like simplicity is that's such a powerful tool. But yeah, when you dumb it down, when you when you make simplicity and dumbing it down synonymous, you create a problem. Because I don't think because it's simple means that it needs to be dumb. No, you know what I mean. Like I remember when I was a little kid and I was um, I read I was I was traveling with my parents, and I mean it relates just. Stay with me. Go, go. So yeah, so we were traveling, and uh, you know, uh, you know, I remember. I don't know if you remember, like in the late nineties, like there was always those shirts that everyone wore that like always had some funny saying on the back. You know, like it just everyone had them, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and yeah. it's just like a big thing. I mean, it still probably happens, and probably a lot more in the states, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, no, it was always around, right? And I remember I read some. We read the joke on the back of someone's shirt. And it was funny. And so then I, and I was a little kid. I was like, I don't know, it must have been seven or something. Seven, eight, nine, I don't know, around there. I remember telling my dad, I like made up a joke for the back of a shirt, but it was kind of complicated. And I remember my dad was like explaining to me that it's simple, that's funny, because if it gets too complicated, the joke doesn't work anymore. Yeah. But like, you can have a smart joke, but you need to say it in a simple way. Right. And I think the problem is sometimes people try to take simple things, but they say a dumb thing in a simple way. <laughs> and you're just like, give me a break. You're like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's not clever to begin with. Or if someone takes, what's even worse actually is if someone takes a dumb thing and tries to say it in a complicated way, <laughs> that's yeah. even worse. Yeah. <laughs> but I think simplicity is a part of like what, like, you know, a lot of the time, like, uh, I mean, just with screenplays, I know this, like, yeah, it's really just, seven things, title, genre, character, dilemma, what's their objective, what's their action, what's their consequence. And it's really just, it's, it's a all, formula. That's it. It's yeah. those things. And if you try to make it anything other than that, you really fuck it up. Like I was explaining <laughs> to my friend the other day, I was like, here's a story for you. I'm making this up on the spot. I'm like, businessman, he's flying or flying across the country for his oil company, whatever plane goes down in the middle of the desert. Now he needs to get out of the desert. Otherwise, you know, like he's going to die. Right. Yeah. Like basically the story of a, of a oil tycoon going down in the desert yeah. and him trying to get out of the desert is a story and it works. And, and the thing is it has all the elements you need. Like, I know it sounds super simple, but in a way, like you just got someone in the desert and they're going to fucking die. And so you're like, well, how are they going to get out in a weird way? As silly and simple as the story sounds, you'd actually kind of be interested in watching it because you'd be like, I want to figure out what happens. You know what I mean? But like, if you just take simple elements, I mean, I'm not saying it's the best story in the world, but you take simple elements, they work. I imagine that works. Yeah. I imagine that works. It's interesting because like you just said this premise and like my mind just started going, Okay. I'm like, maybe he gets to like a village that's been sort of destroyed by all of like, you know, <laughs> and he starts to see the effects of like his yeah. greed or something like yeah. that. Yeah, but you, know? you don't put that in the pitch, right? Because the no, pitch you don't. needs yeah. to be simple, but yeah. then that happens and then it makes Just this it more dude in a suit, his briefcase, yeah. and his plane wrecking <laughs> the thing and standing in the middle of the desert. 
Yeah, someone's gonna make this movie now. Yeah, but I mean, that's really how simple it all is. So like, I, I, like I think it's great. Really I actually want to see this movie. Yeah, you know, <laughs> right. Perfect. I'm like, yeah, this rich guy will turn into everything. Yeah. Like his money can't. Timely. His money can't save him now. <laughs> yeah, you know? like, money can't save. It could be a comedy too. Money can't save you now, comma bitch. <laughs> that's the tagline. You know, like, it's just some guy in a suit place in the desert. Yeah, <laughs> but you could like you could take the same premise and you can like fucking turn it any way you want which is funny but I think music's kind of similar I mean I don't know a lot about music but I've noticed a lot of what you talked about is keeping it simple to like that simple melody that rhythm and then finding that and then expanding the complexities upon that Right, totally. I, know, I know I'm pretty boring, dude. No, no, that's exactly. <laughs> to re- you. <laughs> no, but yeah. So, um, so you sounds like you build it out of simplicity, and then you like you you add the complexity. You were also sharing like when you come up with the idea. I find screenwriting like this too. Just fucking spit out the idea as quickly as you can, and then edit it later. But don't mm. like don't get all caught up because you'll like let the idea kind of like almost run away. Yeah. Well, I think for screenplays, it's different because you guys don't have like, for me, the music inspires stuff too, right? Like it's like, I don't, sometimes I'll have like, I'll think of some poetry and I'll write it down and I'll be like, I got to use this. Like, and I'll play some chords and maybe put the words to it, but it's never as like, for me, I just pick a guitar. And so, you know, I have a mel- I have, a story to tell that matches a melody almost. So you, okay. guys, you know, I respect live comedy guys like that because you have to go up and entertain, but you don't have a background band. You know, if you miss a beat, there's nobody backing you up. There's no, right. you know what I mean? There's no extra, there's no extra stuff going on around you. Like you have a script, you have a, a, a set plan up there. And like, you know, like there's nothing worse than watching a comedian bomb. Like it's just, you're just yeah. like, you feel so bad for the guy. You know what I mean? But <laughs> a, good, a good comedian, but I mean, I have so much respect for it because you know what I mean? At least if I'm up there and playing guitar and singing and my voice bombs, I've still got a guitar, you know, if my guitar goes, well, I've still got a voice. Like, I've, you know what I mean? So screenwriting to, it's just like you and your words and that's, you know what I mean? That's what you got for me. The music, like it, the, I'll, I always start with a melody. Like it'll be four chords. And then so the where I'm trying to tell a story, the story almost gets inspired by whatever mood is created by the music. Oh, okay. Where you got to think of a mood and everything on your own. Like the music, I find really creates a mood for whatever kind of stuff you're going to be writing, and that could, you know. It sounds kind of like more like filmmaking. Like his filmmaking is kind of inspired by like what people bring to the table in a lot of ways. Like you know, like <laughs> yeah. the script and the actors and everything. Well, and I think telling a good story. I think yeah. filmmaking is telling a good story. Um, adding pictures to it, obviously, and having a, you know, but but music I think same thing you can have a good song and have pretty simplistic lyrics and still have it go off and have people connect to it and drive right. to it but, but the melody too like the there's important. There's a, there's I feel simple. like there's a parallel there it's like yeah. where the melody it's like the melody for screenwriting is is coming up with that that simple story that everything's just sort of riding on right and right. then you know the lyrically it's like it's okay well who are these characters? Like, That's what's cool. the emotion? Who are the, who are, the, why do we care about this story mm. now? Right. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that that's, that's kind of cool. This is just yeah. me throwing it out there as like no, a no, first draft. I'm just trying to comprehend because yeah, I'm, like, I'm not a musician, right? Like, I mean, I have my little guitar and I strum a little, but I don't really know much. So, but I, I don't do, know much about filmmaking. So yeah, I'm just kind well, of, I'm just throwing out what I know. You know what I worlds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude, for sure. I like I, both. Uh, I, but like, it sounds like a pitch or almost a concept, like an initial idea is like your melody. When you come with a melody, you're like, yeah, yeah, this is something. 
Yeah. Dude Strand in the Desert is almost like a melody, like yeah, in, in cool. music, right? Yeah, cool. Picture chorus. And that's then a, you're that's like, your, that's your thesis. That's yeah. your. This is my guy in the desert. Yeah. You got a picture. Of the, you know what I mean? Like now, <laughs> like how, what do we do? Yeah. How do yeah. we make the rest of this? Right. And it's exactly how do we the same flesh thing. This it's out exactly and how the same. How do we make this make this a compelling story? How do we make this? You know, uh, you know, a moving piece of songwriting. You know, like it's. They're, yeah. they're very yeah, right. Movies, music. Entertainment. So it sounds it's like very uh, similar thing in the creation. Creat- so it sounds like when you create a song, I mean, you come from this core place, and for you, it's very much about the melody. It's about this very like you get this thing, you hear this sound, you're like, no one's heard this before, and that from there is like that kernel, like that's the the thing that everything is. It's the nucleus, from, really. and then it's the nucleus. Okay. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. Yeah. I think that's good to hear because I think like people who are you know up and coming musicians for them to hear that that's good for them to like go like you can work from that way. Yeah, right? I think it's, I think it could be different for everybody. You know what I mean? So it's 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 it might not. But that's miss, your process. But yeah. but yeah, my process I find yeah it's uh, for me it's like hearing a for me it's always been melody. It's always been that's what gives me the goosebumps on my skin. You know, and but sometimes it's a lyric like. I know I wrote a song called Stable and I was like I don't know probably 18 or 19 and though just the word stable maybe something I was going through in a relationship with time or something but I just thought stable and I just thought that's a cool name for a song I need to yeah didn't date any horses in my time what happens in the farm stays yeah. in the farm leave it in the farm oh yeah that's right he does an amazing Chris Farley impression <laughs> Uh, it's in a van down by the river. And, uh, <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but no. Sometimes it's a word. Sometimes it's a, you know what I mean. Or there is a. Sometimes it's a just a lyric or something pops in your head, a tagline or something, something like, you know. And you're just like, oh, that's cool. And then, or you write that down and use it later, or whatever. Yeah. But a lot of times it's just, you know, I sit down and pick the guitar and Kate, what am I going to tune it to and make a different, find a tuning and then. Usually it's, yeah, it's a melody or a neat chord that I've never played, or I'm like, okay, what can I, what can I do with that? But yeah, it's always the melody for me that sparks. Um, yeah. Maybe this is just my naivety, but like, how do you like? I mean, like people have written down and created all these chords, right? Already, so how do you even come up with a new sound? How does that even work? Well, like, like how how do you like? Like, is it just a new combination? Like, what? How does it even work? I don't even understand that. It's. I mean, most I'll people, let you answer this well, first. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, most people play, I think, guitars played in standard tuning. Yeah. E, A, D, G, B, E is your standard guitar tuning. And there's a G and a C chord and an A minor and an E. And then there's jazz chords. And I, mean, I know my basic chord formations and stuff. And then a pentatonic scale. Um, Johnny Resnick from the Goo Goo Dolls is, is a band that I loved growing up. And, and, but a thing that intrigued me was his... You know, they came out with a, a record called Dizzy. Uh, Dizzy Up the Girl and uh, had slide on it and stuff but these I uh, read a guitar magazine and he had all these jacked up tunings on his guitar and uh, oh drop D so I'd, everything I do I drop D and then usually I'd, I'd leave my three strings D A D and then whatever key I'm in I tune my top three strings I can tune them a multitude of different ways I probably have 22 or 23 different tunings that I use okay. that give me all these different chord voicings oh, wow. most of them just playing drop D but I can bar the chord and then I use these fingers to play scales depending on what other, the other strings are tuned to so but it's just something I started with him I, I took I copied his book and name was D-A-E-A-A-E so I, I, I just tuned my guitar up got a tuner and then started writing my own stuff kind of like that and then um, went through his book and dialed in all his tunings and learned the songs and I thought okay this is something that I like this is something I want to do 
And then I started just, I learned, like I said, I'd learn all his songs, how he played them. And then I went, once I got comfortable enough, and then I started just creating my own. And I know I've, I know I've got tunings that I've never heard on any records or anything before. And there's the standard, like open G, open C, open, you know, and that's what a lot of guys talk about when I talk with them and stuff. But um, yeah, I've spent a lot of years tuning my guitar. So it's, again, it's just in the string tuning and then the different voicings that you play, you can... Um, but yeah, that's something I've really been working on. So I think it definitely gives my some of my tunes a very unique sound. And why I can kind of go up there and, and play by myself is because I have a sound where it's very open and, and rings, fills a room, and I can still play lead stuff while I'm playing my barred rhythm chords. Right. You know, so the, my style of playing allows me to kind of fill up a room more than it was a guy who was just playing GCD right. on an acoustic guitar standardly tuned. Okay. Right. So it's it's kind of just in the style that I write and, and, and just kind of sitting, spending hours and years and days with your guitar just to, okay, does this work? Does that work? You know, yeah, I've got probably 22 or 23 different tunings. Some that, like I said, I've copied and written my own stuff in and, and others that I'm pretty sure I've created, you know, that yeah. I haven't seen anybody using up to this point. Right. So at least nobody's, they haven't come into my... Well, it's interesting. Tool. Like, so with all those little changes, I can see how there's like an infinite kind of um, amount of options that could kind of come out of creation. Yeah, and yeah. I think maybe more so than melody-wise than someone who just plays in standard tuning all the time, right. which a lot of guys do. Right. And I think when I, even if I bring a lot of, like, there's a couple of buddies, like, what do you do in there? And I'll show them, and they'll take one and run with it. But for them, for a lot of people, I started so young doing it that I think a lot of guys, they've been playing the one way for so long that when they see an idea like that, it almost seems like a whole other undertaking to, like, change their guitar and start, start learning it this way. Yeah. So right. they're not kind of willing to go do that. You know, they they just keep playing their the standard tuning, which is you know you can do lots of standard tuning. It's be great guitar players, but for me, I I found that being able to to be malleable with the guitar and and open it up to these different chord voicings, it's allowed me to kind of create more and have different ideas and different stuff that I w- wouldn't have heard if I was just playing the guitar the same old way every day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's cool. been very, very, very That's instrumental amazing. for me. Yeah. Yeah. Joey Mitchell used to do tons of like, yeah, Joey like, Mitchell, like crazy, yeah, tunings. Yeah, and stuff. Annie DeFranco from uh, Annie DeFranco does a lot of stuff too. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I know. Oh, yeah, she's she's a folk artist. Okay. Um, yeah, a lot of folk artists like love working with open tunings. Yeah. I know. Um, because I think a lot of because it's just you and your your guitar, right? So you got to find yeah. ways to open up the soundscape and be like, okay, well, it's just me and the, I'm tired of playing GDC. I want to do something different. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And open up, you know. So yeah. How 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 early was it that you started to learn how to like malle- be more malleable with your chords and your car and your sound? Uh, <laughs> I love that. Uh, I'm, talk, I'm talking into, into my beer, beer mug. Beer mug. <laughs> I'm talking into my beer mug. Well, we have, I suppose we could uh, interrupt for a brief well, moment we could, here, but I don't remember. Just keep. <laughs> <laughs> I want to double check the name. Um, what was the question? Oh, uh, how? Like, when did you start playing around with tunings? And stuff oh yeah, like uh, it was actually the the kind of right around. I think I would have been. I didn't actually tune my guitar any different. It was just drop D, but I kind of, yes, I will have a little bit more action. Um, thanks, buddy. Uh, uh, I, I, I was in a band at, at uh, I guess I would have been about 17 or 18, just kind of coming out of high school, and I was in a band with some older guys. They were like 10 years older. Uh, my buddy Curtis, who I met at the CD shop, and I'd kind of like quit that band and thought, like, I just I need to kind of find my own thing. I'd been doing it for three years. And I was sitting in my basement and I wrote this tune called Stable that I was talking about. Or there was a song I wrote beforehand 
but it was kind of this weird chord progression that I did, but it was I was only playing the bottom three strings and the top three were open. I still hadn't started tuning my guitar, but it was already this stylistically this thing, and I just thought this is gonna be mine, like this is what I'm gonna do, this is gonna be and then I started creating all these tunings that kind of match that to where I have this open kind of my high strings are all kind of open tuned and jangly and I've yeah. got my top my bottom strings barred but this was like I just and I remember calling in my drummer who we were still kind of talking and stuff I invited him over to the basement I said listen to this riff do you and I started playing it and and I remember having that excitement like oh shit this is the, like I wanted to start just kind of going on my own path I was playing rock and roll like kind of just um Right, just hard. it was more. It was more just electric guitars and stuff. So this is me, just me and my acoustic, and and I was like, oh shit, I found a sound. You know what I mean? This is kind of what I want. And then just in that little bit, uh, in the next year or two, Dizzy, that Dizzy record came out, Goo Dolls came out, and then I started copying their tunings. And so probably around that time, it's eighteen, six, seventeen, eighteen. And then I was like, okay, there's more to this guitar. And I started when I was thirteen, right? So I was about fourteen, four years. Of playing, and I was like, okay, there's more. There's more to this guitar than just what I've been doing, you know. Yeah, and, that's exciting. And then, yeah, and then it was like, okay, now it's on. And then I just started playing with all these tunings. And like I said, after a couple of years of playing all these songs and learning all these these tunes the way they'd written them, and I was like, okay, well, what can I create on my own? And then, oh, sh you know, oh shit, this works. And oh, oh, I got my own tuning now. And then I started just doing my own stuff. And so it kind of added another, you know, another level. But I was young enough too, at 17 or 18, that I'm. I was still like, oh, okay, now, you know, we're, you know, a guy who's 30 years old and been playing guitar one way his whole life, and you, you, I can see when I give him these ideas and I show them, like, oh, man, that's cool, but, they, you know, to, to actually dial in your guitar and start and start learning all over again, I think it's daunting for some people. Yeah, no, I, you know? I know that that has, like, at times, it's, that's definitely put me off of, like, undertaking certain things, right, where I've been like, ah, oh, shit. Like I got to yeah. completely re retune my guitar just to learn this song. Yeah. And, um, yeah. but I mean th with certain songs I, I have actually gone and done it just because I'm like, I love this, this sound so much that yeah. I, I have to do it. Like, um, I think the first song I learned with like a change tuning was, uh, that's the way by Led Zeppelin. Oh yeah. It's beautiful acoustic tune. And um, it took me, you say that. it took me a long time to learn that one just because not only because like the, once you get the tuning dial, then yeah. But then it's like it, the the movement of the, like the chords and then the strumming pattern is kind of it was like so unusual for anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and cool. uh, but I learned it, and it's just like and it's a gorgeous tuning. Like I think it's like a D G D G B D right yeah. or something it's like, like an that. Open G, I think. Yeah, yeah, like open G chord, open G tuning. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. and it's but it, yeah, it's just got this beautiful just like. Like, and those open tunings, like, I love them as much as, like, I cringe when I see them sometimes, because yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, man, because I got, like, one acoustic, you know, I get why so many, you know, musicians have, like, multiple guitars to pull it out, because it's like, oh, you know, you're going to stop the whole show, like, yeah. you know, for, like, five different times to, like, retune everything. Well, that's all, I, I have to do that, because I only have, like, I couldn't bring all my guitars from Winnipeg, so I've only right. got an acoustic. Oh, wow. So, so you've gotten really good at dialing it in quickly? My ears, yeah, my ears really good. You yeah. Know, from years of just, like, wing, 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 you know? And uh, some people are like, holy jeez, you tune really fast, but it's from having all these tunings and years of, like, being at a party, and you're like, oh... You play this, yeah. Hold on, Iris. <laughs> you play this, oh shit, that. You know, so, so it's uh, yeah. Um, yeah. From years of doing it, it's it is quick, but um, yeah, yeah. Just the 
a lot of guys, yeah, you have two, two or three guitars, but I've only got one. So it's funny sometimes when I go to show. I've got this pedal now, though, so I what I did is I recorded all the songs with the open tunings. So I let those play. Now I can just leave my guitar standard, and when I go live, I just play just in standard tuning. I oh, just, nice. I just play the background parts and play the little lead stuff. Right. And add the color while I sing. So it's kind of neat. But Cool, man. Yeah. What do you think of this beer? It's good. It's really good. <laughs> I, don't really, I don't even really drink beer. Like, I don't... Uh, um, yeah, so it's good though. Yeah, I like it. It's a dark one. It's yeah. uh, high alcohol content, by the way. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's <laughs> what do you mean? Eight point five percent, sirs. percent. Holy shit! That's does a not does not like seem like it. Does no? It? That's it does a good not. percent. No, not at all. No. And you guys are mostly done, so it's a good time to tell you. Loosened up. What are we drinking? Uh, yeah. It's a Belgian double. Okay. Yeah, I know you like your Belgians. I do too. Yeah. Um, it's called the Krampus. Ooh, Krampus. Oh, Krampus. And, and it's from Strange Fellows. <laughs> Strange Fellows does the Krampus Belgian Devil. Krampus so. is the evil Santa who kidnaps kids and beats <laughs> them with sticks. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. I, th- well, I don't know about all of it, but I, I'm like, yeah. It's like in my head, I was like, isn't Krampus just like the evil Santa he Claus? Is, yeah, well, he kidnaps got, kids and yeah, sacks well, and he yeah, beats them with got, sticks. It's got an evil little symbol on it. Yeah, so. <laughs> we got fucking creep back. Yeah, we got the twisted creep beer. Yeah, I, I guess you know. I like it. It's suiting <laughs> for you, sir. <laughs> um, you do um, live in a van down by the river. I do. <laughs> government cheese. <laughs> Steady diet of government cheese. Um, I, saw this, I saw this crazy Norwegian oh, festival. We should all do voices. <laughs> you do Owen Wilson. I'll do Christopher Walken, and you do Chris Farley. Oh man! Hey, damn. Come on. Just <laughs> do a skit. All three of those guys. <laughs> Anyway, so Krampus beer. Yeah, it's Krampus. <laughs> Can't believe you've never seen Krampus before. <laughs> um, Holy damn, this yeah. Krampus. It's, yeah. it's pretty Come good. On, guys, we were having a, a perfectly good talk. I mean, now all of a sudden we're just like doing voices. And I was wondering what we're even doing here. <laughs> really good, man. <laughs> Yeah, from all of this like like deep talk on like creative process yeah. and, but you know I've, I'm I'm loving this like when when especially when we get to bring you know another artist onto the yeah, show because cool, right? just it's us, like we're just rapping yeah. at, at each other for you know most of the time but yeah. you know sometimes like it's it's great to see how the creative process, despite like, you know, you're in music, like that's your vocation for us. Like our vocation is more so in other areas, even though I dabble in music and getting to talk to you for me, it's like, I feel like I'm, I'm a closet musician, you yeah. know, like well, I just play at home, but I'm like, how do other people do it? Cause I'm interested. You know, like, yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like you're like I'm a future magician. Ma- ma- a magician. <laughs> a magician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go completely. This beer is really good. Yeah. <laughs> Forget music, I'm gonna be a musician. <laughs> a magician. Yeah. I'm gonna do magic tricks and my eye. But I mean it's like, you know, there's I think there's this constant thing that like um artists come up against and the more that I'm 
like just through my own discipline and stuff like learning like, Oh shit. Like I was mistaken about how this shit (laughs) happens, Mm. how this unfolds, you know, because I think a lot of young artists, um, get into it thinking that everything is supposed to come out perfectly. You know, like it's like you, you get that idea for that song or you're doing that, you're putting up, you know, this performance for the first time or whatever that it's like, it's gotta all be perfect. Right. Like that's how it all comes out. You know, the great people, they put out these amazing songs, not, or, or do these amazing performances, not realizing that, you know, it didn't begin that way. Oh yeah. Like it was messy. It was like, it was just this little glimmer of light at one point. And then it's just like kind of moving towards it, Yeah, you know, and, and exploring it and, and fleshing it out in that way. But getting over this whole idea, I mean, for me, this is something that I've battled with like a long time. It's just like this idea of perfection that like, I've got to nail it the first time. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, it's, you want efficiency and you, when you have an idea, you, I think you want to get it out as fast as possible, but I think there's that some ideas are just meant to, sometimes you got to slog them out. You know what I mean? It's, it's some ideas come. I think the best ideas do happen when it is just like, whew, sometimes, you know what I mean? Especially I think songwriting movies, you have to, it's a lot longer of a formula that you got to probably play with. But sometimes a song, you can literally, the three minutes it takes you to play through this idea, you've got a song, you know what I mean? You've said some stuff, you've spit out a couple words and you're like, all, writing the song takes all of 10 minutes. And sometimes that's the best work. Right. You know what I mean? When it is that effortless, when it's just like, cause that hits and you just, you feel it. And, um, uh, but that doesn't always happen. Definitely yeah. doesn't always happen. And you gotta be prepared <laughs> for the, a little bit like that you gotta too. be prepared for digging in. You know what I mean? Like you if know, you, some, yeah, sometimes some your of the greats have talked about that where they've written a script and like, and you, people don't understand. It's like they wrote it in like three days or they wrote it in a day or they wrote it in a week. And it's just like, it just fucking falls out of you. You like, you, you're like, mm-hmm. I got this idea and just, you know, yeah. And, it's, and, then some, with it. and then, and then I think sometimes, you know, you, you know, but part of like being a professional musician is being the guy that will stick with the hard songs or girl. then every once in a, what's that? Or girl <laughs> or girl, <coughs> but I'm talking to a guy. So, so ladies, no. give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> I was referring to the actual guy here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> sorry. sorry, sorry. Mistake. But thanks, Evan. I really appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> train of thought. But I uh, know like being a guy that like, obviously you, you said like you hit burnout and you fucking, you take a day off or you come back a few hours later and, and you just go at it. Like I found that with writing, like writing a true story for me has been one of the hardest challenges of my writing career so far. I yeah. thought it was going to be one of the easiest things. And I found that it's weird because it's all outlined for me already. Like I don't have to do any of that work, right. but because it's outlined, I actually, it's harder for me to like change and like do a different scene. Like say I want to do something, I can't just change it. So it's kind of like pre-planned a little bit. And I'm like, whoa, it's actually kind of hard. But like, I'm really learning, like, I feel like I'm earning my stripes as a screenwriter because I'm actually learning to stick with something and kind of like go, because there's moments where I'm like writing a scene. And I mean, I don't know if this relates to music, but just, you know, let me know. But it's like, I'm writing a scene and I know what happens. Like I've had an interview, they've told me I've broken it all down, but I have to go in and find my own experience of it. And that's the hard part because it's like, some days I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm writing this thing and I'm like, I have to write this scene, but I don't know how to experience it yet. 
And right. so then I have to like literally go away. I like walk like fucking blocks away from my house yeah. and I'm like thinking about it. Like right now it's been kind of nice cause it's been cold. And I'm like, how fucking cold was this guy? Cause he's like lost on a mountain. And I'm just like thinking like, how do I, like, how do I feel that? Right? right. And then I come back and then I finally can write it. But it's like when I'm writing a script on spec, it's kind of like, it's actually, I'm wondering if like, maybe like this is going to make me better on spec because on spec, I can just be like, Oh, I'm just going to write this scene. I'm just going to do this because I know this, or I can connect to this right now. Mm. But like when it's on, you know, like there's a bit of a slog sometimes, like sometimes you just obviously pour it out, but sometimes you got to like fucking, you hit burnout. I find walking is a great way. I find when, when I've got an idea, I get just, and when you have a good idea, it just permeates your thoughts. You can't help it. It just, Mm -hmm. it's just there. You know what I mean? You wake up with it. You know, it's there all day. You go to bed with it. You know what I mean? So I find walking, though, especially, like, well, playing guitar for me, I can always play. Like, I'm always playing guitar. I can just see it in my head, right? So even if I've written something, I'm at work doing whatever I'm doing that day. I mean, it's always up here. I can see the chords when I'm on the bus. I'm playing, you know what I mean? Like, so I'm I'm playing guitar 24-7, really, especially if I've got a new idea. I'm playing all day in my head, but I find walking, taking my dog for a stroll and just letting it and just kind of letting it you know what I mean and then kind of subconsciously you won't think about it for a bit because naturally when you walk you just think about other things you know life and then it'll pop back into your head but I find walking just a very natural way of of getting movement you know what I mean and kind of like being in the fresh air having being stimulated um but just kind of letting it go on you know what I mean almost subconsciously and I find walking is just a natural way to kind of do that and sleeping. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> sleeping, sleep. just waking yeah, up the next day and being like, sleeping there it is. is. Literally, I mean, it sounds so silly, but it's worked miracles for me. I've gone to sleep like in the middle of the day, even, and I woke up and I fucking because I'm thinking about it so much. I had a dream, and yeah. it's like I dreamt the experience. It's like, but I think sometimes like that's your brain the thing, just needs a break. It just needs a complete artist, rest. But that's artistry. Like artistry, we don't necessarily do things the way industry does it. Like industry's like show up to work nine to five, do just fucking do it, you know? And like artists, I think sometimes we can't just show up nine to five. We need to like, we need to do things that seem like not work to actually work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, wouldn't you agree? Like you gotta yeah. go for a walk every now and then. you gotta go fucking sleep. You know? Yeah. I can't sit in an office. Well, Cause creativity is like when you're in the creative fields and space, like it's, 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 it can be fickle and it can be giving. Like, it's just like, it's, it's a weird space to work in that doesn't fit conventional nine to five stuff. It's not to say that there aren't advantages to having a certain discipline about your creativity and your art, but yeah, that's true too. Like putting the time in, everybody has to work nine to five, right? It's what you do with the other hours of your day. Yeah. How much time you have to actually get home. And if you care about it enough, you're going to find that time, whether you're working nine to five or not, but You know, but that's an ability to turn that art on and turn it off. A lot of people need their time freed up so that they can just let it hit them, right? But not everybody has the affordability to do that. People do have to. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? It'd be nice if you could ultimately just, and you know, once you get to a certain level of success and you're paid to write or you're paid to make music, then yeah, your days are spent, you know, sitting in your computer and you know money's going to be in the bank next week, but you have that time to just let it hit you. But until that, you know, until that comes, you just got to... You do have to find a, you know what I mean, do that whole industry thing, but yeah. you're working, you're making somebody else money, you're not really creating in that moment, you know what I mean? you got to be able to turn that on when you're done that. Yeah. You know, unless you're in a job that's kind of mindless, and which is, I've always kind of liked jobs that are simple, you know what I mean, more work-oriented, so that when I'm there, I don't have to, I can think about yeah, the totally. rest, you know what I mean? Me too. I'm go drop muffins yeah. in the bakery so that, you know what I mean, I have energy for when I'm home, and then I'm, I'm still focused on 
know what I mean? I'm not involved in other people and engaged so much that when I get home, I'm just like, oh, I have no energy for this. I've always tried to pick jobs and stuff that allow me to, even when I've done my job, I can still create after I have energy to go mm-hmm. to the gym and do what I love. You know I mean? Yeah, I Rather mean, when I was when I was younger, I, I worked at a I was selling shoes for a little bit, <coughs> and there was these periods where like they they basically made me an assistant manager. But basically, there was periods where no one comes in to buy shoes. But you're working all day. Yeah. So I would I I read through libraries of books. Yeah. I just sit there and read through books, and then someone would come in. I'd help them with some shoes. I'd put my book down. I'd pick it back up, and I'd yeah. read it. I'd read like books upon books, and I learned so much. And like. A lot of the time I was just thinking. And then when I was, uh, actually, even when I was actually engaged with someone, I, I d- developed this practice where I would just look at it like I was doing an acting scene. Like, just imagine this was being filmed. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then you could kind of, like, use every moment you had. It was useful, you know? And it right. was kind of, I don't know, it was enjoyable. Johnny Depp kind of said that about working in a call center. Like, you yeah. work in a call center, you're using different voices. Right, 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 right. Using yeah. your job to... You know, and while you talk about like I've I've got into film since I've been out here, and I love being on set for just that. Like I'll go do extra work, man. And when I'm sitting and holding, man, I got my lyrics out. I've I'll record at home, my garage band, and I send the idea to myself. And then I just I'll sit and listen to new ideas, and I write at work all day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So also finding a job that allows you to kind of work at work. You know totally. what I mean? So I'm at work. I'm on set. I'm doing something that I really enjoy. You're getting paid to do your yeah, job, and as well ways, yeah. as well, I'm getting paid to kind of you know work and, and stay focused on on the music as well. Yeah, totally. But yeah, film's awesome, man. I love, I love, I love. I've gotten into it the past couple of years being out here and and um, not on the writing end, not on the creation end, but just kind of being in front of the camera and performing or where I'd like to be. Totally. You know, well, that's a great industry too, man. I just I, I, I love both. Well, of you're them. our next action hero. So <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd love to, I'm going to start auditioning. I want to get some stuff yeah. going, man. It's, it's so much stuff going on out here, but in Winnipeg, like you're growing up, you know what I mean? I never even thought about that. I always loved movies and loved acting and always thought, Oh yeah, I'd be cool. I always thought I'd be a rock star and then I'd, I'd just get to do acting. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd foray into once I got some fame and stuff, I could go do acting, but then we go here and I'm like, Oh shit, I can act too. Like I might as well explore this. You know what I mean? Totally. So it's been great to kind of come out here and see that. Cause in Winnipeg there's, there's stuff that happens there, but not a not an industry like there is here. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it was kind of great for me to kind of come out here and just looking for a model. I was looking for a model for a music video actually on online, and then I just saw an agent. We're looking for people on TV, and I went and sent them some pictures. Two days later, I signed a contract, and I was on Arrow, and I was that was about a year and a half of being here. Yeah, you know. So I'm like, oh, I'm on set, and I was like, really, like, yeah. what? I can do this. <laughs> you know, so that was yeah. too. It was, it's been great, man. It's been a whole super great experience being in Vancouver. Oh, but yeah, I love I love what you guys do too, man. So I think, and I think there's just a lot of parallels when it comes to writing, especially you know, totally. Like I don't create so much in the movie end, but the creating of a song and telling a story is exactly what you guys do. So we relate totally on that level, and I appreciate the, you know, what I mean the good storytelling and 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 just total another study. You know what I mean? That's a total another formula to learn. Yeah, yeah. So it's awesome. But I mean, I, I think the thing is, is, you know, you surround yourself with experts. You surround yourself with people who know what they're doing, and then yeah, it, it makes your job a little easier, right? I mean, I think that I really think the success of most artists. I mean, in any field, and I mean that's the beauty. I mean, I'm so I'm so grateful you came on the show because I've I've learned so much about the musical process, right? Like and when I pick up my guitar the next time, I can have a few more things to think about and consider. And I'm sure Evan does too. And I mean, that's the beauty of it is we actually get from someone who's actually out there doing it. Yeah, not like 
not a book, not a fucking like whatever. And all our audience, if they care, you know, which yeah. someone does. Right. And then they get the value of that. And that's what we need. I think we just need a bunch of experts, like not, and it's like, we're experts in our own right. We're not like, you know, whatever. We're yeah. not all Led Zeppelin, but uh, and I'm not working you know, on it, right? But we're working there. on it yeah. and we have good advice. And I think also sometimes we have advice that like ground level advice, which is the most important. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like how do you fucking start creating a song? Like where do you just begin? And like taking a little of the pressure off. Cause I think sometimes we, like, as you said, Evan, like you look at these rock stars and you, and they just do it so perfectly on stage and we all kind of go, Oh, that's what I need to be. But th- they had to get there too. Oh right? yeah. You know, everybody yeah. has like, you know, the one thing that I've been really like really accepting in my life is, um, is just, there is really no excuse for hard work. Like you really just have to kind of put the time in and you have to throw enough shit at the wall. And you can't give up. Says, I think giving up yeah. is working hard is one thing and then quitting, like just giving yeah. up and being like, ah, oh, this isn't going to happen. You know what I mean? Like most people yeah. who failed didn't know how close they were to making it. Totally. You quit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're just, a, and you're like, ah, oh, I can't, I can't go anymore. And you, but you could have been right there. You know what I mean? You're just, I think a big thing is not giving up and not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Going for what's safe. Like, oh, you know what? This is you know, mom and dad are right. I'm just, this is, geez, this is safe. I'm going to do this yeah. or whatever. You know what I mean? I think it's just not giving up and getting, <coughs> being smart. You know what I mean? I think you got to be smart yeah. and know, know that you've got something or not. If, you know, if you really don't got it, you got to know that too. If you're just chasing something and banging your head against the wall, you know what I mean? You got to be smart. If you really think you got something, then you can, you just got to go after it and not give up. You know I mean? Yeah. Well, I think but, like, you know, and I think <coughs> a musician, like <clears throat> I think about, I mean, I know a few musicians, you know, and I like, I think about, people who are really good. I've noticed a lot of musicians who haven't quite necessarily, I, I hear their sound. Like I hear your sound. And I'm like, fuck, that's really, really good. Like when I, like, I'm like, that's Thanks, man. I appreciate no, that. And I really, Worked really hard at it. It's no, style, and style I can tell dude. And you know, and it, I genuinely, so I genuinely too, like feel you. like you're like a really great musician. And I think like, that's the industry side of it. It's like for you really, it's just, you got to get like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what the bridge is, but like enough people need to hear that or connect with that. Like I do. And then boom, all of a sudden it's like, fucking you throw enough shit at the wall. Mm. And it's kind of like that. Like someone asked me the other day, I had a client who said like, how did you start getting paid as a screenwriter? Mm. And I just told them, I'm like, honestly, I wrote a shitload of spec scripts, which I never knew if I was going to get paid for. I just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And then eventually you know, really like that started to like, I had some shit, I had some material. And they said, the other thing was I started to get to know some people who were like in the industry. And really it was those two things. It was a matter of doing a lot of work and getting to know some people. And I I wouldn't be surprised if with every single industry, doesn't matter what you are. It's It's just a business. Make a a lot of great songs, get to start to know some people who can maybe help you or whatever. And then Fucking, that's how it goes, right? It is, man. Yeah, it's any, and, and again, it's that's networking. It's and I, like you said, it is. It's but it's both because you well, can't just network and have business. shit. It's the music you gotta, like you it's, gotta. It's the music business. It's an industry. Like it's a movie business. It's yeah. the you know, and I think like that's the thing. Like when people, you know, when I told people when I was really young, oh, you want to be a rock star? People think, oh, it's impossible. That's such an impossible dream. Like it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. You know what I mean? But 
it's a business like anything else. Yeah. And there's a, there's a way to do it. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's not impossible. It's not yeah. impossible at all to become a giant rock star, maybe a giant rock star, but to, to, it's not impossible. You can, you know, but people growing up think people just think like that, that's just, Oh man, no way. <laughs> no, that's you're crazy. You know, but it's like, no, I'm not crazy. It's a business. So you grow up, you have material, you have a yeah. product, you introduce it to people who know business. It's a business. You know what I mean? So like, well, also same thing. I think it's with it's like, a lot of work and then meeting the right people. And in business, it's who you know and then the connections you make, right? So it's, it's kind of like, and also like, I think this day and age has, has exposed some things about uh, artistry, which is like supply and demand. I mean, like if you look, um, actually I was reading a, I was reading a book. I actually have it right there. I was reading a book and they were saying that most people that graduate from high school will end up in a job that's in an industry that has a high demand and a low supply. And most people end up doing that job. So if you say live in Edmonton and there's a lot of jobs that are industrial, Mm. like you will, whatever, like that's where you will end up because that's where the demand is. So it's likelihood that you will end up there and go there. And so like, when you look at artistry, it's, we're in a time where it's lower demand, but higher supply. So it's not, it's rare that someone would end up ending up there. So it means that you have to not just go with the flow. You have to think beyond what everyone else is doing. And so everyone else who's just going with the flow is not going to be thinking like, Oh, I have to do extra work. Like, you know, I remember I had a teacher who said to me, it said to a a student, another student once the student said, I don't like that we have so much homework. And he says, well, go work at McDonald's. Cause you know what? Like if you want to have these other things, it's probably going to be homework. You know, and homework, whatever it is, like, you know, I write whatever your homework is, right. You you make music on your free time. I write scripts on my free time. You know, we do what we do these things on our free time. And we have to, but we have to know too. Like I also knew, like for me, like, like say high school and I knew that in high, I knew so early and I'm thankful that I knew early what I wanted to do, no matter how hard it was or how impossible it seemed. I knew what I wanted to do. And I had that vision at 13. I knew, but I also knew when I got to high school after two years of playing guitar now I'm 14 getting, I'm sitting in history class. Like nobody's going to teach me how to be a better guitar in history class. Like I can't be here. Yeah. I don't need this. This isn't for me. You know what I mean? So I spent, but I didn't just wait. I didn't just skip school and go smoke weed in the back alley. I skipped school and I'd go smoke weed and play guitar for 12 hours. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I was, you know what I mean? I was, um, so, but I was always, I always had that vision and was working, but I also knew that something like high school, I would go to see my friends and, and I did what I had to to get by so that I wouldn't fail. But I also knew that sitting in this, this, this environment was like, this is not me. This is not, uh, this is not going to make me better at being a guitar player. I don't have the time to sit and waste here. I need to be in that CD shop playing guitar yeah. 16 hours a day. And I literally, from the time I was probably 13 to the time I was about 20, like there were days where I literally played guitar for 16 hours a day. I didn't, I would skip school. I'd be home at 12 o'clock and I'd play till three in the morning and my brother would rap on the wall. So I'd shut up. You know what I mean? I'd sleep for four hours, wake up, go to school for a few hours, come back home, guitar. Yeah. I was years. I was like 10 years of that. They say like it's 10,000 hours to become a professional at something like I guarantee you I put 10,000 hours in before the time I was 21. You right. know what I mean? Because considering I started piano at three. So, but then the passion, like the guitar at 13 and the passion that I had for it and the amount of time that I actually spent, quit hockey, you know, that was fucked, skip school. I had a girlfriend, but like even friends, I'd see them once in a while. But, you know, I knew that that was the time that I had to put in when everybody was out partying and going to the bars on the weekends. I was in my house playing guitar, writing songs, knowing that these skills were, this is when I had to develop them. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's just something I totally that, get it. Yeah. that I just had and, and nobody taught that to me. Nobody told me that's how I had to be. I just knew that's how I had to be and it's what I wanted. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then, 
Yeah, so it's, I think that's something that's just is in somebody too. You know what I mean? You have to have that passion and you to right. know what you know what know what you need to do to get there, right? And now it's just for you, I think it's just really like in branching out on your own, it's really just you getting out there. It's yeah, just, it's just you, meeting it's the right place, people. right place, right time. A lot of, yeah. I think, a lot of success in, in even the movie world or it's, it's the, uh, the right place and the right time. Having a good song, but it's not always that. It's, you know, just literally... You know, yeah, it's like landing a movie role too, though. Brad, you yeah. know, Brad Pitt. He's like, fuck, it's, I was in the right place at the right time. I got totally. a break. You know what I mean? He's like, and I'm, I'm thankful for it. I'm lucky, but you know, in music, a lot of it is this. You could, you know, there's a lot of great talent out there that never gets. But you have to be out there, and I think you have to work smart too. You have to put yourself out there, but you can't oversaturate yourself, and you have to be able to kind of know when somebody comes into you have to know people and okay this person's right for me to work with or maybe they're not you know maybe that just testing the waters though that's it's risk it's investing you're giving people money to say record you or you know i'm gonna put and then you're like oh man that's not gonna work or you know what i mean so there's a lot of just trial and error i think you know that's like anything you know it's good i guess it's really like important how like good mentors and trusted sources i i mean i remember talking to another musician and they were saying like we, we're not putting up as many concerts because when we put up a concert, we get we get a huge demand of people. But if we put them up all the time, we actually get less people. And actually, it's better to put them up not all the time like because you end up kind of oversaturating yourself, right? right. Whereas like when you, it's a little more rare, it's like a little more special when the event occurs, which actually leverages more of the... You know, so I mean, I think it's like that with, with anything, but I, I think it's like kind of a combination of, I think the artistry is produce, 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 show up in the right place, create the stuff. And then the, the industry is kind of like time and like get to know the right people, get in the right environments. And like, you have to look at what you can control and what you can't like, like you control, you control showing up over and over and over again. Yeah. There's a, there's a saying too that I like to, that I've. I heard it a few, I've heard it a few times, but luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity, right? Like you talk about being lucky or whatever. Right. But you can be in that right place, but you have to be ready. You have to be ultimately you have to be prepared, right? Like yeah. if you get that opportunity, you know, and you blow it, well, that's you know. Yeah. And so it's really luck is being just at, at prepared at your utmost capability, and then having that opportunity happen, and having those two things meet, and then you're like, oh, well, that was it, you know. Yeah. Boom. Or that, no, that wasn't it. Shit. You might get that again or you might not. Right. You know what I mean? So, but I think ultimately, yeah, being prepared and you can only be prepared by doing the work and right. you know what I mean? Doing as much of it as you can yeah. and becoming as good at your craft as you possibly can. And then when you meet that mentor, then you step it up a level once you get that next, totally. you know what I mean? But until you get that, you just have to be as good as you can on your own, I think. Right. And right. then the luck will happen if you're prepared. And I think like as you're might not shit might not no it might mean? not but, and I think but, I think that's part of the detachment I think chance. that's part of the detachment of being an artist I think that's you know because if you're only doing it so you can succeed you're totally like you're screwing up the whole process because I think you need to do it because you love it you like said when that, you, you said that earlier about even like about money and stuff yeah. and how. I totally think I've always been, a, I've always played. If somebody wants me to play, I'll go play. If they've offered me $600, I'll take it. If they've offered me 30 bucks, I'll take that. If I'm doing it for free, you know what? I just love playing. I love being on stage. I get a chance to perform. I get a chance to become better. I get a chance to play my songs. I get a, That's what I've always done it for. And I've always just been a firm believer that I do it purely because I love it. And I'll, because I love it and I do it, I'll get better at it. And I'll mm-hmm. get so good that money will just come. Money will be a byproduct of doing something you love. Not for everybody. Some people know how to market themselves and package themselves, maybe with no talent, and still make money. Yeah. You know I mean, if you play the game of life, money, you can make money if you know how to do it, right? Yeah. But if you have an art and something that you want to create, 
Um, yeah, it's just, you, I think you ultimately you just have to do it. Like you said, and I think you, you nailed it on the head earlier talking about you have to really write and do it because you love it. And then, you know, the money will just be a byproduct because you'll have, be, you, totally. you'll be gotten that you'll be, you'll become that good that people want more of your stuff. Right. Yeah. I think also like being like good and then, and then figuring out how to take your talent and put it on the right stage. Cause like for you, you got to put it on stage. I mean, like if you just, I mean, maybe it'll happen, but I mean, like there's, there's like more ideal stages to be on. Like, for example, like if you take your ability and you say, just play at house parties, Mm -hmm. then the chances of you meeting someone or connecting with your audience are a certain like percentage. But if you get yourself onto say stages or venues, Mm -hmm. then you might have a, 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 you might open yourself up to a new audience that you might not otherwise have, which is maybe just your friends at a bunch of house parties. Right. So we have to do that as like any artist, like actor, screenwriter, filmmaker, it doesn't matter. Right. Like we have to get outside of our bubble so that we can actually, people can actually experience our, right. Right. And connect. And the first, first year and a half that I moved here, I mean, I came having a couple connections and I, I, when I booked a ticket here for a week, I didn't even book a return flight and I kind of came and sussed it out, met who I needed to meet, did my business, went home, sold my shit and then moved here. But I didn't really connect with them almost right away. I came and got settled by myself. But the first year and a half, I was all I did every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night. I found all the open mics, and I'd just go out, open mics, bring my guitars, go, meet, boom, 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 who I could, and then I'd run into friends just out in the town. Oh, hey, buddy, you know, and I'd kind of slowly the, the the tentacles started reaching out and right, the, right, right. you know started connecting, and then I called my buddy Tommy from Headley, and now oh you're in town, well we should record a song. Yeah, that was about six months or seven months after I'd been here, but I literally spent the first six or seven months just on my own, just going out and hitting the streets and going to the Corduroy Lounge and going Anza Club and going here and meeting the local musicians and playing and you know totally on. I'd never done anything like that before. It just was like. You know, I knew I had a couple of connections here, so I was safe that way. I knew I could always find them. Yeah. But I, I knew at first when I got here, I thought, no, I just want to do this myself. I just That's amazing, dude. And see what's out there. So, yeah, I spent yeah. the first six months just going over all open mics every night of the week and meeting people. And, That's yeah, sweet. Cool. Yeah. But all right. just got to do it, yeah. So, like, we talked about a whole bunch of shit here. Yeah, I'm good. thinking what we should do is we should take this talk and we should, like, almost share our advice, especially for you. Like, what would you share your advice for like your, your younger self. Like if you could tell your younger self, they were on the other side of this podcast listening. What would you tell them? Like, like, Hey buddy, like do this. This is what you need to do. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Shit. Hey, don't fucking do this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't yeah, date yeah. that chick. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. Don't date that girl. <laughs> you know what? Do it you? all. Do it yeah, all, buddy. Yeah, Live your yeah. life. Enjoy it. No, I mean, I mean not, not from um, a place of no, regret, I know, I know, but just I know, from I know. a place of like, uh, um, yeah, like what's the things you've learned along the way that you're like, fuck, like this is good to know, you know? Uh, yeah, I, I just... I don't listen to your gut. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I think it's just, if you really want something, just go after it, right? Like, it's, you had really, we were here for how long? Not a long time. You yeah. know what I mean? You might as well just, you know, Jim Carrey said it, you can fail at something you don't like doing, so you might as well fail at something you love. You know what I mean? Yeah, at totally. least give it a shot. So go for it. And then, I mean, you know, it's hard to, to not let other people's negativity and stuff drive you away from doing something you love. But, yeah, I mean, just if, if your heart's telling you to do it, then do it. That's all I've ever listened to, you know. And I knew that I had to, after a certain point, I had to come out to Vancouver. And it took a shitty situation in Winnipeg for me to even get the ability to come out here. But, 
you know, I did it, and, and it's been the it's been a great move, and I've learned so much, you know. So yeah, man, I don't know. I guess just write and just do if you do something, especially if you're writing songs and doing music. I mean, do it because you love it. Because you know, if you're just doing it to be successful or whatever, it's that's going to be fleeting. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I think you really have to do it because you love it. And, that's uh, awesome, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, just give her, bro. Yeah, give her, bro. <laughs> give her, little bro. <laughs> give her, little Maddie on the other end of this podcast. You go, little dude. Maddie. Give you her. go, dude. You gotta tell him. That, you gotta tell him and Chris Farley. <laughs> you gotta go down. Yeah. I can't even do it. Yeah. Like, you know what you living in a bed down by the river? You wind up living on a steady diet of government cheese. You can mount a jack squat. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, little Maddie, you can you can do it. Little Maddie, you can do it. Don't listen to don't listen to Chris Farley. He's a negative bastard. Yeah. Um, what do you got, Evan? What do you what do you take from this? Baby? Um, from this, yeah, I mean, from this talk, I mean, for me, it's like it, it, there's somewhat it's it's a reminder, there's but also lots. a fresh perspective in terms of um, you know, like keeping things simple. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, like keep cool. it simple, put it down. Like just, just get it down in that, um, it's a process and that it's not, it's not a perfect thing that's, that's coming out on that first piece of inspiration. It's a process and, uh, really getting comfortable and and trusting that it's a process and that it's going to ultimately unfold and that, so just get used to being part of that, Mm -hmm. you know, to that, that's the way that it goes. And, uh, to some of what we were talking about, it was, uh, something, it, reminded me of, uh, of something from a, a Dan Millman, Dan, Dan Millman quote and from one of his books. And he said, people rarely fail at anything. They only stop trying. Hmm. Right. And, that's cool. uh, so yeah. And I think that's it. That's it for me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that perspective. That's a good uh, one. That's a good lesson. Shit. I love that. You guys really summed it up. I mean, I don't really have a lot to add to it. I, I, I think, um, your perspective on music has been awesome. And I think one of the things that really stood out with me, um, is just how you, you, you're sharing how you had so many different ways to play a chord. Like you had different variations on tuning your guitar and stuff. And I just think that, you know, you're, you're, you're creating an expansiveness in your ability. And I, and I would just say like, you know, I think as an artist, like, don't look at how hard that's going to be, but look at how many options that's going to create for you and how that's, that's going to cool. open up maybe your sound or maybe your style or whatever. Yeah, don't be afraid to put in the work. Yeah. 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 And I think, um, I could totally relate to like Al Evan was sharing, like how that would be daunting. Like, I, like, I mean, I've, I'm <laughs> not even in your, near your guys' caliber of a guitar player, but I've definitely like looked at and I'm like, fuck, I had to change the chords. Like <laughs> you're kidding me. But like, I think about like writing, like, you know, people have said to me, um, you know, like, well, what genre do you write? And I'm like, well, you know, I, I focused on this genre, but I I'll write any genre because the way I look at it is like, why would I ever like not be able to bring say horror or comedy or drama or action into my story? Why would I ever want to only be limited to one. Right. And so like when you talk about retuning your guitar, I think like that's almost like retuning a story and like finding those emotional elements. I just think it's amazing. So I would just say like in whatever medium you're in, like maybe you're an actor and you're like, I'm a dramatic actor. It's like, well, find your comedy, find, find your fear, find your 
find your love, find whatever, just retune your guitar and look at your new options. Cause I think what you showed me with your music is you showed me that you could do things that not every musician could do. And I really respect that. And like, as an artist myself, even if I'm not a musician, yeah. I look at that and I go, well, how, like I want to, I, I don't wanna, think that that's, that's, that's not, they couldn't do it. Like any, any musician yeah. could do what I'm doing, but it's just but yeah, you put I mean, the putting, work in. putting the work in and yeah, yeah, taking the time to really like, okay. Yeah. 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 And I think that's tuning cool, number twenty-two. But no, it's awesome, man. I mean, you guys, you yeah. guys. Well, thanks for having me on, fellas. Points. That was cool. That was, yeah, dude. Yeah, a lot of fun. That was awesome. Thanks yeah, for being on. Yeah, and uh, Cheers, and you'll let us know, and we'll uh, we'll try to keep promoting your shows and shit. If uh, yeah, if studio studio Granville, December eleventh. So far, okay. And I'll keep you guys posted as yeah, to more. Yeah. Keep us posted on more. Yeah, brother. Okay, sweet. Yeah. That was our show for today. Thanks a lot for listening and being a part of this. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Or you can learn more and message us at www.thebndpodcast.com. Oh, and make sure to leave a comment and rate us on iTunes. That will really help us out a lot. It definitely will. Thanks.